Warning, Aloha Beam commencing. Warning, Aloha Beam commencing. Kick off your shoes, roll up your sleeves, and get ready for your barefoot business breakthrough. Multipreneurs, passionate part-timers, and dreamers alike, you're welcome to the table for fresh conversations on how to launch, grow, and innovate your conscious business from anywhere in the world. And now, beaming aloha direct to you all the way from the beautiful island of Kauai. They're goofy, they're real, they're badass business whizzes meet your hosts the co-founders of life mastery business academy debbie williamson and kelly lynn knott hi everybody welcome to the podcast i'm kelly lynn and i'm debbie we are going to talk about a topic that is really fun. Uh, the fifth, and Debbie created this, uh, really did some research to pull this up. 15 myths of creativity. <laughs> I, I got a lot of them. <laughs> well, before, I got creative with my creative myths. You did, you did. And before we get too far into this, so we, we're, we're running a course right now called the Creativity Course, and it's, it's ways to expand creativity, to build your confidence, to heal your heart, to rewrite your life. So it's really creativity as a coaching mm-hmm. tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that context, a lot of these myths, when I look at them, remind me of excuses that prevent us from moving forward in our lives or business. They're things that we tell ourselves that, uh, that limit us or uh, they're fears that we have uh, that we use to keep ourselves safe mm-hmm. or we have some kind of payoff for holding on to this belief. Well, and I think it, it was easy for me to come up with a lot of them because of all of the, the coaching that I've done over the years. I yes. kind of went through my journal and went through like some coaching notes and um, these they just keep coming up. I mean, we get creative with how we proclaim that we're not creative. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about this in another video, but let's let's talk about it again yes. because I think it, it's important we do. It's I can tell you 25 ways that I am right. not a creative person. Right. I'm not a dancer. I don't I don't innovate in the kitchen. I follow the recipe exactly. See, I'm not creative. You know, and, and, and the list can be, as you right. said, Debbie, very creative. Very creative. The extensive right. list. So that makes us question, you know, are you really not creative? Creativity is a basic survival skill. Mm. We need it to stay alive on the planet. Are you really not creative or are you afraid of something or is there something else there? Right. Because we use it when it serves us. And yes. then, yes, we, you know, get creative when we think um, we're hiding something. All right. The 15 myths of creativity. And these are, Debbie did some research on these over, you know, multiple, mm-hmm. multiple formats to come up with the ones that she thought hey, these are great, and they also apply to life and coaching and how we see ourselves. Because creativity is, um, in essence, a belief about how you see yourself and what you believe is possible in your life. Right, right. So let's start with myth number one. Other people have brilliant ideas just popping into their heads all the time. Other people (laughs) have brilliant ideas. (laughs) What do you think about that, Debbie? Nope. (laughs) 
That's a nope. <laughs> yeah, most ideas come from insights you've had over time or from prior work. Um, you know, even your study, it, it, these ideas, they're not just like beamed in from the universe. Uh, they're, they're built upon, you know, the work that you've done already. And I, and I love Thomas Edison's quote, creativity is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. I, well, and I love what you have here. You said clear intent and passion together over time lead to creative ideas. Mm-hmm. So we, we've talked about this before, but if you're a songwriter writing a song and you suddenly write the hit song, you didn't write the hit song that day. Right. You, you wrote it over the past couple of years where you struggled and wrote terrible songs. You know, you... you well, I, and sometimes your old songs that you never use or you never publish yeah become you know the new song like bits and pieces of it where like oh, I really love the emotion of this and that piece and you know it's that perspiration right right so those other people who are having brilliant ideas <laughs> they're sticking with it right they're sticking with it and right. they're trusting that it's a process and they're allowing themselves to get it wrong sometimes so that they can get it right in that, in that, uh, we're just time. hearing about it now. We don't hear about all the work that was put into it before. Right. They the just o- think it's popped right in and they've gotten it. The overnight business success, the overnight artist, right. the overnight musician. Um, yeah, it's not overnight. <laughs> right. Myth number two I don't have the creativity gene. I will never be a creative person. Okay, well, this is funny because there is no proof that creativity is genetic. Confidence, determination, hard work, uh, problem solving. Mm -hmm. People who are dedicated to solving a problem usually come up with a solution. Right. It starts with imagination. It starts, you know, with MSU, making shit up. (laughs) Yes. But (laughs) it has to be completed with some kind of follow through or action. Mm -hmm. I don't have the creativity gene. I will never be a creative person. That's a myth. You need creativity to survive. All of us do, and we can develop it. Right. Well, you think of, um, you know, you don't have the creativity gene or I'll never be a creative person. I love, like, Gene Roddenberry when he was developing Star Trek, you know, and they had the communicators, you know, and Motorola develops the flip phone from it. I mean, it looks just like their communicators from the show. I say all the time now, we live in Star Trek. In Star Trek, you have one device that does everything. And, you know, at the time, we thought, what? That's crazy. Well, our iPhone does everything now. It It does. Turns on the vacuum cleaner. It controls the heating. It does. The lights. It's our ticket to any event to getting on an airplane. It's it's amazing. Somebody had an idea, and uh, someone else took that idea and made it something real. All right, myth number three. Ideas are intellectual property. Once someone does something, I can't do it. Okay, so once an idea has happened, I, I can't, you can't have that it. idea. Okay, we hear this one a lot. <laughs> yes. in, uh, in business coaching, this comes up. It also comes up for artists. Contrary to popular belief, ideas are not all intellectual property. They have to be patented as unique process or copyrighted as a verifiable original idea to uh, hold up in court and many ideas are, you know like making a recipe mm-hmm. you can't patent or copyright that otherwise nobody could make the recipe right right <laughs> we never, it's, it's protected I just put an apple and peanut butter together I'm gonna get sued no 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 but you know the, with the idea what, what's amazing with that is everyone handles it in their own unique way yes so whatever that idea was is I'm gonna approach it from my perspective you're gonna approach it from your perspective 
Yes, and, and new ideas, as we've said before, are usually combinations of older ideas, previous projects. Don't ever let the fact that somebody did something similar to what you want to do stop you from doing what you want to do. And it's going to be different because you're doing it, not right. them. Right, absolutely. Myth number four, I have to be an expert to be creative. What do you think about that? False. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, false. Uh, when we look at disruptive innovation in business or in, in anything else, Apple, Southwest Airlines, Netflix, Amazons, okay, these people were coming from outside mm -hmm. and they did something completely different. Why do outsiders usually have better ideas, Debbie? Well, you know, they're, they're starting from nothing. And a lot of times, too, it's like it started in your garage. It started, I mean, I hate to say it, but it starts on the toilet. It starts, <laughs> you know, in the most unique places. And, you know, you, it, it's not coming from, like, once I'm an expert, now I have all these creative ideas or I'm creative. It, it, it's one of those things where, again, we said it comes from imagination. It comes from reinvention. It, it just, it comes from uh, our passion past experience and work. And sometimes it's possible to be even more productively creative, productively creative meaning solving actual problems in an area that you're not familiar with because you don't see the limits that everybody else sees. Right. You don't have the same limiting beliefs based on what worked or didn't work before. Uh, and because you, those are outside of the realm of your perception, it's similar to a kid looking at the world. They don't see the limits that we see. They accomplish things. Mm -hmm that uh, maybe nobody else could have accomplished. They have nothing invested. They have nothing to lose. They're looking from the outside, and they come up with an innovation. You don't have to be an expert to be right. creative. Well, and that's what we try to do with our business every year is we sit down and we go, how would we like our business to run or look like this year or what business are we in so we always try to take that outside perspective and look in and even look within ourselves and say okay what do we want this to look like and we just revamp it all yep absolutely myth number five bigger incentives equal bigger ideas <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting paid for the big idea right you know we're okay everybody in a room we're gonna brainstorm whoever comes up with the best idea you get the bonus right a bigger incentive draws more flies to the pie but it can easily result in people throwing out low quality ideas in the game just to win instead of focusing on an actual solution or looking for an innovation just throwing out as many ideas as possible now Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you do get good ideas that mm -hmm. way, but sometimes uh, the creative focus needed to create a constructive answer is not there. I worked for a big, huge corporation, and they were all, you know, always known for innovation. I think that was even like in, in their marketing statement. And they would throw us in a room, all the execs, and say, you're not leaving. And I don't care if it takes you 24 hours, 48 hours, nobody's leaving this room until you come up with our next big idea. And the thing is, like there were some nights where we would stay there till two in the morning, but what would happen is we'd come up with the idea and it wouldn't be that great. You know, it was more like, let's get an idea so we can get the heck out of here. Right. Your focus on caring about getting out or so right. incentive versus coming up with it. But I will say the act of getting together and throwing things on the table weeks later, an idea would come out from that process. So even though, um, and I won't say the, the name of the company, but even though, you know, the visionary of the company made us do this a number of times and we would walk out with just, you know, quackers of ideas later down the road, it was 
that sweat and, and um, you know, creativity and that we'll, came up with something. We'll talk about forced group brainstorming in just oh. a minute. We'll get there because that you made a really great point. But myth number six comes first. Breakthroughs come from one brilliant person. <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, it's funny because a lot of people always say, oh, Debbie, you always come up with the best ideas. And normally, I'm not the first one that has the idea. So I usually, like, people will start throwing things out, and that helps me come up with, oh, okay, I'm just jumping off of their idea. So I'm the one that looks brilliant and is not true. It's really, <laughs> it was, you know, a culmination of all of them. Well, and even if we look at, um, historically, industries over time, breakthroughs in any industry usually come from a series of failed experiments or ideas generated by many people over time. The Wright brothers, I don't know if you know yep. this, Debbie, um, they weren't the first to fly airplanes. Did you know that? I didn't know they weren't the first to fly. Did you know that Gustav Whitehead was the first by over two, two years but he had to build 20 failed aircraft wow. first. Wow. So he failed 20 times before number 21 flew. And a year and later... who gets all the credit? Right. Well, the Wright brothers. And the Wright <laughs> brothers, they were doing good work. But they, they, there's, there is evidence to suggest that they knew about him and they may have built on his work to create uh, their planes later down the line. Of course, there were many people mm -hmm. trying to fly. Many failed inventions. Many people trying to solve the problem of aerodynamics uh, and they they got the attention which brings up what you always say about um, you know other people will do it if you don't right so right and people with half your talent will get it done because you're paralyzed with fear right you're afraid you're not that one brilliant person or that you don't have the big ideas right right no education is wasted watch learn innovate so learn what other people are doing study research yes but don't be afraid to try and do it your way. And then also don't be afraid to open your mouth because I think that's what the Wright brothers got right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they <laughs> the did. Wright brothers, they got it right. They got, the word got out. The word got out. And for years we thought, hey, yeah, they did it. But Gustav, good old Gustav Whitehead, he got there first. <laughs> <laughs> Myth number seven. Here we go. Group brainstorming will always yield the best creative ideas. Well, we talked about that a little bit. It, it, it can come up with great ideas but always yield the best not necessarily well and you mentioned and I think this is true often the best ideas that come out of those sessions come long after or independent of the mm -hmm. session so what I think brainstorming is useful for creativity is like a muscle it has to be warmed up it's a different it's a different brainwave state so brainstorming is a wonderful way to get your brain firing and to get your brain focused on what it is that you're trying to solve or create or do. So it, it's wonderful for that, but sometimes the brain then uh, on its own comes up with the ideas. Sometimes these sessions can get political or judgmental, not always the best environment mm -hmm. for creativity. Sometimes it becomes competitive in a way that is not conducive to creativity, although competition can inspire creativity. Well, and I think it, a prime example is when you and I were brainstorming in Mexico, coming up with the name of our business. And we had 200 names and we decided wild abandoned life. And then we called our, our designer and he was repeating back to us, okay, so the company is called Wild Abundant Life. <laughs> so we, we loved it. Yeah, we spent all this time brainstorming and thought we had the brilliant idea. And guess what? The brilliant idea <laughs> came from mishearing what we said. And I know we've shared this on the podcast, but it's such a great example yes. of 
Brainstorming can be a great tool to warm up your brain, but there isn't evidence that suggests it's the best way to come up with creative ideas Mm -hmm. necessarily. So it's a good tool, but not the only way or the best way. Myth number eight, creativity can only exist in the perfect physical environment. Mm, does it have to be perfect? No. Candles lit, music playing, incense gently wafting through the room. No. It can be nice. Well, and I think it's funny because, you know, like especially Google and some of these other companies that, you know, really uh, pride themselves on their creativity and they set up these special rooms and workplaces and, you know, they've got the basketball hoops and all this stuff because this is going to create the best environment for creativity. And it can be a happy, fun environment, but, you know, does it really work? Well, and there are studies that show that sometimes dissent or conflict can actually push employees to their creative limits more effectively than environment alone. This doesn't mean torture people to get creative (laughs) ideas, but you do want to create a climate of creativity where it's practiced all the time, 24-7, right. right. and that doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the work environment. It's really more how people uh, look at themselves and their beliefs about themselves and each other as creative uh, beings, and then also the permission to uh, fail and make mistakes and try things again. Does that exist? That's part of a culture of creativity. Well, and you know, we, we seem to think that like we have to be in that perfect space of creativity and it's those moments like after the pause, after a good night's sleep, or even like when you wake up in the middle of the night, you get that idea. So it doesn't necessarily guarantee that if you have this one, you know, workplace environment that's set or a place in your room where, you know, this is my creative room or this is my study where everything happens, um, you know, it happens in nature. It happens everywhere. And I think it's so important to have that 24-7 practice of getting yourself in that creative climate or environment. Well, you uh, mentioned an, uh, an assignment for the folks taking our creativity course to create a hot desk, mm-hmm. meaning change your environment. So maybe you work inside for a while. Maybe you work outside. Maybe you work in the kitchen. Sometimes changing your environment, just being in a different space, uh, is enough to, to shift your brain. So yes, you can create a beautiful, wonderful space. You can set up your creativity mm-hmm. altar. Um, all of those things are great. They can certainly help you feel more ready and more focused to work, but it's really that climate of creativity and daily practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's more of just like being in that place of inspiration and motivation and, and really like when I talk about motivation, it's inspiration or desperation because we see that desperation isn't a bad thing. Right, right. Motivated people will create, they'll be productive. The skill of creativity is a survival mechanism. You know, we needed it to survive, and it will kick in Mm -hmm. if there's a a reason for it. Myth number nine. Having the creative idea itself, one and done, is all (laughs) that is needed to reap reward. I seem to spend a lot of time with people like this. Like the idea man, the idea person. I'm the idea man. I'm going to give you the ideas and you can take them and and create a business and do all the admin. I have people tell me that all the time. Like, you know, you should hire me because I have all these ideas. And I'll always say like, and then what happens with those ideas? Like who takes them? Well, that's you. That's what you do so well. (laughs) Right. Many people think the brilliance is the idea itself. 
but this is very far from the truth. It has to be executed. There has to be a way to implement the mm -hmm. idea, to complete the creative process, or minimally store it somewhere or hand it off to somebody else. Innovation is the implementation of creativity, right. creative ideas. The idea itself, if it never makes it out into the world, uh, doesn't doesn't really help people. So it's funny because you know we kind of like in quotes say like I'm the idea man I've got the idea that's the idea person and I I, I think I'm pretty creative and usually my word is I got nothing <laughs> I got nothing you know like what do you think we should do I got nothing but the thing is when I say I got nothing and then pause that's typically when the ideas start to come I got up. it yeah because I'm thinking of a solution versus like I don't have the idea but what do we need to get done right right and sometimes getting from the initial idea whether you have it or I have it or someone else has the idea sometimes getting that initial idea to completion takes more creativity than mm -hmm. the, the original idea itself it, um, it takes more creativity to figure out how do we make this real how do we do this Myth number 10, I could be more creative if only I had blank. More money, more time, more resources, more paper, more pens. <laughs> the perfect space, the yes. perfect partner, no kids. More education, <laughs> more training. I think this, this is definitely a, a coaching, a coaching mm. excuse as well, but one of the biggest barriers to creativity is the belief that you would be creative if only you had unlimited resources or if you only had this one thing it's like Dumbo's magic feather he could fly without it but until he realized that uh you know he, right. he would sink I got nothing is everything right well and we, <laughs> we've talked about this too but there are a lot of studies that show kids with too many toys mm -hmm. do not develop creative problem solving skills kids with fewer toys when I was a kid we had a string and a stick and a big hill right uh but but Kids who have to be creative to entertain themselves develop problem-solving skills in a different way. So doing more with less mm -hmm. bolsters the creative process. Well, and going back to, like, let, we wait. We get paralyzed. If only I had this. And the thing is, again, people with half your talent are out there doing it because they're just trying something. Mm -hmm. They're just getting into action. Absolutely. And doing more with less kind of forces you to make connections you wouldn't mm -hmm. otherwise see. And that is a big part of creative innovation, seeing a connection where nobody else saw it, connecting older ideas uh, to a new problem that needs to be solved and bam, something mm -hmm. new. Myth number 11. This shows up in the workplace a lot. It does. Creativity should come from the top. Somebody else should do it and then we'll all follow the leader. <laughs> I actually, you know, I, I always like to flip it. You know how I turn things upside down. Yeah. And I, I like to always look to, like, the the younger generation. The, like, it, it's always like, you know, the older are smarter. You know, you have more experience. I'm like, no, let's go to the people that, like, are not clouded by, you know, all these things and beliefs. And, you know, let's look at the outsider or somebody new who has a new way of looking at things. I think creativity can come from any direction. Absolutely. And it's more of a responsibility to kind of keep your eyes open, to allow for an environment where mm -hmm. it can exist, where trying and failing is okay, where maybe not getting it right is acceptable. That's a part of the process. Fresh ideas can come from anywhere. And you know, we talked a little bit about this, but sometimes they come from outside your industry right. or outside 
your line of thinking. Customers might have an idea. People who aren't living the problem that you mm-hmm. seek a solution for, they're well, all I think sources. Even creativity. like grandparents who have no idea, you know, what you're doing in your business. Mm-hmm. And they just hear what you're doing and they're like, well, what about this? Well, brilliant. <laughs> huh? Yes. <laughs> because, you know, they just have no idea and it comes from nowhere. Right. You know? Or the, the, the younger person that has no experience whatsoever and they're like, what about this? And I think the lesson, uh, the, there, there's a lesson in this and that is wherever you are in life, you know, if you're working in a big corporation or you're working in a small business, you're working under someone else. Don't be afraid to express your creat- right. creative ideas or try to creatively problem solve. That will bring value in ways that other people are not bringing value and it will only serve you and serve the company. It does. You don't have to defer to somebody else's wisdom or experience. Um, trust your intuition and try, mm-hmm. play, see what comes up. Myth number 12, all artists are creative. I loved that you pulled this one, this is great. <laughs> I thought of you as a guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> this is a belief that prevents a lot of people from trusting their instincts. So not all painters, dancers, and musicians are creative in their approach to making art. Some guitar players, you know, I went to school with guitar players who could shred. They were extremely technical. Could play any scale at lightning speed, five million notes in a second. They're able to play fast. They're able to play difficult things but they may not have the creative skill of improvisation. Uh, On the other hand, there there could be someone who has no training who can exhibit greater creativity and innovation in the making of music. A lot of great musicians over time had no training and didn't even know how to tune their guitar and not having their guitar in tune came up with different ways to play the guitar, different sounds, alternate tunings, alternate experiences. Well, and I think sometimes that technical person, they can be creative, but they're focused on like doing it right or doing it the Perfection. way it should be. Yes, doing, you know, doing it a certain way. And then even that new person, they don't know that they're not doing it. You know, you know right. they, they don't know what they're doing, but it's, it's sounding great. And it's doing, you know, it, it's where you're like, you go off into a new direction or new land. And like you say, it's even out of tune and you're creating magic. Right. You don't have to be an expert to be creative. We talked mm-hmm. about that. But, and it's not that someone who is technical can't also be creative. Mm -hmm. They can exist in the same being, but sometimes it doesn't occur. And it can be a block. Yes, absolutely. It can be a block on either side. Right. No, I'm technical. I can read this, but I, but I'm not creative. I can't, even, even musicians Mm -hmm. will say this. I'm not creative. I can't improvise. Well, have you tried? No. (laughs) How do you know? Because creativity is trying and failing many times and then... Yeah, getting better at it. You know, artists have the same blocks that non-artists have right. when it comes to creativity. Right, 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 right. We're all creative. That's true. Myth number 13. Creativity cannot be developed. We think? False. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you say. You always have to build your creative muscles. Yeah. And, you know, we can be creative at any age. Um, you know, and that's why a lot of times it starts with kids. Like we want to, you know, inspire that creativity when you're young so that you build that muscle to stay in that creative mode as you grow. Well, in our creativity course, we found a creativity wheel created by the England uh, Council of Arts. And it's, it's just developing creative problem solving. Really, really interesting. It can be taught and it can be taught at any age. Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel like if they didn't develop it at a young age that they're just not going to be a creative person. It takes work, 
but it can be developed. Mm -hmm. And great ideas sometimes feel accidental, but you can put yourself in situations where creative accidents are more likely to occur. That's taking risks, that's questioning assumptions, um, being open to different ways of trying things, trying things upside down, frontwards, backwards. And right. these are things that you do in business and, and teaching. Um, and I do it in, in uh, similar ways too in songwriting. Together we use it in songwriting a lot. Well, and I heard about one experiment that some kids did. I, I don't know who was telling me about it, but their kids had to learn about freezing things. And so they were challenged with, you know, try to freeze different things. And they all went home and they were like freezing juice and vinegar and glue and, you know, grabbing anything in the house to see what happens if it freezes. Ah, oh, that's interesting because different elements have different mm -hmm. uh, reactions to being frozen. Well, and they were getting so creative. And, and uh, the person that was telling me about this said at first, you know, they were grabbing like liquid things. You know, and uh -huh. then they started taking like, you know, clothing and freezing it and, you know, taking different, like getting really creative. Like what, what happens if you freeze your mom's eyeglasses? You know, what happens if you do this? You know, and they said somebody, you know, wanted to see about freezing, um, you know, what if we freeze the cat? You know, and that became a funny thing. They didn't really freeze the cat, I'm but. Glad, and I'm glad that they did not. <laughs> oh, funny. No, that's great though. It's great to uh, explore different things. Myth number 14. Creativity is limited to people who do traditionally creative things. Mm. Well, every job, everything that you do needs creativity. Surviving, evolving in the world revives, uh, requires creativity. I mean, you have it, you can learn it, you can use it in all aspects of your life. Um, if you so desire it, you, it, it comes up anywhere. Yeah. How you make your bed, how you brush your teeth. Yes, you know how you how you uh, you know survive a, a strenuous situation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or a tsunami. I was in Hawaii and there was a tsunami coming from the earthquake in Japan, and you know we started with let's climb a tree, and then we were in a tree and we're like, wait a minute, those buildings are taller than the tree. Let's go to the building. You know, and like hey, we should go on the roof, and then wait a minute. You know, and it just kind of, you know, like it was survival, but like we were constantly being creative with how we were going to survive. And we, we, you know, didn't get hit by the tsunami where we were. We were safe, but it was amazing the whole process we went through. Well, you didn't sit down and say, let's brainstorm all the different ways we can survive the tsunami. Mm -hmm. No, you were looking <laughs> at if we want to live, what can we do right now? Right. And the body kicks in and that's what we mean. Everybody has creativity. We need it for survival. And uh, I think the biggest thing is, is recognizing it in all areas of your life because if you recognize it, you can uh, harness it and strengthen it as mm -hmm. a skill. Mm -hmm. Well, and even like parking your car. We have a friend that's learning how to drive. And yeah, he's learning how to drive for the first time at 50. He never had to. <laughs> he lived in New York City for many years. Right, right. And, and one of his biggest fears is, like, I know there's two lines, and I know you have to put your car in there, but there's so much more, you know, and, and there really is. You know, yeah. people get creative with how they turn into the stall, back out of the stall. I mean, you, you really, like, it, it happens in every single thing that we do. I'm still working on that parking thing. <laughs> I've been driving for... 25 years <laughs> okay this is a big one uh, this is a really big one this this definitely applies to life and coaching and the beliefs we have about ourselves and why we create those beliefs myth number 15 I don't need to be creative why do people why would people say this Debbie 
Well, it's because they doubt their ability to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, and let's, let's look at that. When we're looking at, um, you know, technical skills and experience, those are great things to have. Mm-hmm. They're important. And a lot of times when people say, I don't need to be creative, they go, I have that. I'm technical. I have experience. But often it's creative potential that gets the next thing, the sale, the raise, the promotion, the award. I mean, different professions, what, doctors? Well, yeah, I think of a surgeon. You know, I watch a lot of fun TV shows where, you know, like there's that, the surgeon. And, and like, they're always creative in the operating room. Like, yeah. it never just goes, like, you know, and plus, bodies are all different. So it's like, wait a minute, where's the artery? You know, <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be there. And then, like, okay, how do we do this? And, like, it's a, it's a constant creativity. Absolutely. Social workers, politicians, accountants, lawyers, these are very, very creative professions. They need creative people to solve problems, to come mm-hmm. up with answers. And um, there's a definition of creativity that says that creativity is new ideas, possibilities, or alternatives that trans- transcend traditional rules or patterns, but result in an outcome that, that has, has value. value. Mm-hmm. Okay, that can be anyone, anywhere, anytime, in any situation. Everybody has it. Well, you mentioned, and you have this in your notes here, so I think you should talk about this. Creativity is not just one side of the brain. It's not just the right side. Because people will say, Right, I'm uh, left brain, I'm, I'm left right brain, brain I'm right brain. I I'm can't not, do it. it it's just it's not in my nature. <laughs> but, you know, when they measure brain activity, our brain is firing on both sides always. And when we think of, like, left side or, or right side, you know, the brain will light up in different areas. And when they, they measure it, somebody playing an instrument like both sides of the brain light up because both sides of the brain are being used and it's really it's a it's it's not true anymore i mean it, it's it's something that we can use like as a model or you know uh, um like i'm more creativity here or more technical here but it really doesn't relate to the brain at all well and what's interesting too you talk about with musicians both sides of the brain being lit up What's interesting is if you look at the brain of a musician who's just learning to play an instrument, yes, you're going to see some activity on both sides of the brain. But now when that person has practiced and become an expert musician, we see crazy lights Mm -hmm. on both sides of the brain. There's a lot more activity because that person has cultivated neural pathways that help them to execute the music. Right. And what I love about that example is that it shows us that creativity... Uh, can be improved and created. Yes, yes. And how and is the it muscle created? can work. Yes, yes. We, by 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 uh, exercising the muscle of creativity by by trying it. And all you have to do is is uh, take action. Just mm-hmm. do. You know, and it doesn't even have to be uh, what you would consider right or perfect. Uh, in fact, often that is counterintuitive to creativity. Right. You know, and with all the models, like you'll see like images of left brain person, right brain person. You know, maybe it's not related to, you know, how the brain functions. But a lot of times really we're just talking about styles of thinking, not the actual sides of the brain. Yeah, yeah. N- now that's that's really what it's come to mean because mm-hmm. the brain is ideally firing on both sides and, and there are connections that are made. And again, if we want to keep firing, you have to use it or you lose it. So it's really good to put this into practice. And the things that you repeat are the neural pathways that are strengthened. The brain regrooves itself. Those grooves get deeper as you repeat. So if you'd like to be more creative or better at solving problems or, um, you know, even better in relationships Mm -hmm. and connecting to people, 
creativity is a wonderful skill to practice and you can cultivate it. You know, those of you in the creativity course are playing with really specific tools, but those of you out in the world who are listening on the podcast, you can create it too. Right, and and stop focusing about how you're not creative and look and recognize all the ways that you are creative. Yes, how are you doing something differently? Mm -hmm. Or how are you taking old ideas and refreshing them? How are you connecting things that other people aren't connecting? I just think of your dog, Donna. When she's hungry or wants a treat, she will show you like a million different ways (laughs) that she needs that treat right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, she is so creative with how she's expressing herself and asking for her something. Her voice, her movement, her approach, her position, what piece of furniture she's jumping <laughs> over. It's the same thing for kids when kids want something. Yeah. You know, and again, it's use that muscle. Look at it. We all are creative. It happens all the time. You don't need a special space, a special tool or special training. And if we were to give a takeaway, something you could do right now, I think there's a couple things we could say. One, ask questions. Two, yes, study what other people are doing, but then ask yourself, is there another way to do it? Is there something else I could try? Challenge assumptions. Just because it did or didn't work before doesn't necessarily mean that's true. Can you think of any other ones, Debbie? Celebrate your mistakes and your failures. Yes, yes. Celebrate them. And if you're not making any, you know what? Try harder. That's Take right. more risks. Risk-taking is a huge part of uh, establishing a creative life. Go for it. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. You've just heard Barefoot Business Breakthrough with Debbie Williamson and Kelly Lynn Knott. Do you have a comment, question, or topic request? Visit LifeMasteryBusinessAcademy.com and drop the gals a line. Or sign up for coaching, consulting, or an online course to move your business forward today. Life Mastery Business Academy. Rock your life. Rock your business. Rock your world.